When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, Oilers. 630 Chad. Big hop off the boards. Wyman will chase it down. Latestu with another breakup. And this could be a shorthanded breakaway. Latestu to the net. Backhander. Score! Mark Latestu beats Elliott five-hole. And Edmonton extends to a 4-2 lead. That turns out to be the game winner tonight as the Oilers turn the tables on the Flames with a big shorthanded goal of their own. 5-3. The Oilers take it. They are 2-0 to start the season for the first time since the fall of 2010. Connor McDavid, another big night. Three points. Leon Dreisaitl, very good. He had three points as the Oilers sweep the home-and-home from their provincial rivals. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 10-12. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. All right, Rob, we're going to dive right into the adjustment of the game, courtesies of Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. First period, Flames lead 2-1 after 20. They outshot the Oilers 24-12. The final shots for the game, 35-29 for Calgary. What changed after the first period? I I believe between periods, whether it was the coaching staff, whether it was the captain's leadership or or anyone, someone in the dressing room had to have spoken up and said what was happening in the first period was incredibly disappointing. There was a lack of compete, a lack of battle, a lack of intensity, emotion, any of those things were not there on the Oilers' side. Cam Talbot kept them in the game in the first period. In the second period, they came out and they were much better. They won the 50-50 races. They won puck battles along the boards. They got pucks out, they got pucks in. So the adjustment was the fact that they brought emotion to the game in the second period because it sorely lacked in the first. You know... That first period, Robin, you know, I keep an eye on Twitter during the game and a lot of Oilers fans on my feed. And in that first period, there was a lot of, oh, here we go again. We still have a bad defense. Why can't we clear the puck? Fair, fair enough. I, I think that the whole team has to wear that first period. But I but I looked at that opening 20 minutes and I, and I thought, okay, there's Zach Cassian with the chance to dump the puck in feathers it and doesn't get it in deep. There's Benoit Pouillot going to shoot the puck in, shoots it into the body of a Flames defenseman. Even McDavid, Eberle, getting the puck to the red line, and then that's it. And Calgary was coming right back in. So, okay, sure, did the, 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 did some defensemen have a tough first period? Absolutely. But a lot of times that puck was going right back into the Oilers' end because they, they weren't getting it down to the other end of the ice. Well, to me, the, the entire team wore the first period. I, I mean, I don't know, outside of possibly McDavid, if anyone had a good period for the Edmonton Oilers. They struggle in all aspects of the game. When you give up 24 shot, it's not because uh, one or two defensemen struggled. I mean, there had to have been breakdowns all over the place. And, and there were. There was missed assignments in their own zone. Pucks not getting in deep. Uh, guys not picking up their man coming back. There, everything that could possibly go wrong did go wrong in the first period. Cam Talbot made a number of saves. They got fortunate on a couple of pucks that just bounced wide. And after that, at the end of the period, there would have been a a little bit of frustration in the Flames dressing room with that many shots. I mean, that was almost a game's worth of shots in the first period. And to come out with just a one-goal lead, we see it all the time. A team that doesn't capitalize enough on that kind of uh, ownership of a period 
eventually it's going to turn the other way, and it did in the second period, and good on the Oilers finding a way to get back into the game. 5-3, the Oilers win it. Special teams huge. They go 2-4 for four with the power play. The Flames 0-5 for five with the power play, plus Letestu's shorthanded goal to be the game winner. We'll talk about that as we move along tonight. 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us, and Steve gets the first call tonight. Hi, Steve. Reed, Rob. Tier 1 show. Thanks very much. Thank you. Okay, first one I want to ask a moderately provocative question. <laughs> In the entire history of the NHL, have you ever heard of referees being fired for poor performance? Um, in the NHL, not no, not immediately after a game. Not immediate, no, not immediate. But I know after seasons, they are evaluated all times. And so there, I mean, tonight the the call that boggled me was was the McDavid call. Uh, Forget it for embellishment. He's got he puts the puck past Giordano. He has him beat. He's got a two on one and arguably the best player in the world right now in Connor McDavid. And any offensive player in the world, any player would live and die to have a two-on-one because you're thinking, I got a great opportunity to score. For him to get tripped and to embellish or to fall on purpose when he has a two-on-one is ludicrous. And the referee, I mean, it was a bad call and the fact that he didn't just the the game, like the understanding this is Connor McDavid on a two-on-one there's not a chance he's going to dive. Horrible call by the referee on that one. The point I'm trying to get across with that question is not to be uh, inappropriate, but if he keeps getting attacked and hacked and slashed, I mean, his career, guys, even though he's one of the greatest to play the game, is going to be extremely short. Uh, Second thing I want to do tonight is, uh, honestly, the coaching. I want to give a shout-out to uh, the incredible... Well, first of all, Talbot was absolutely peppered in the first period, and he didn't collapse. And then the coaches responded, and they finally got a group of players... That seems to um, to respond to the coach's input, and it was reflected in the second period. I'll hand uh, I'll hang up and uh, and listen to your comments. Thanks for the good show. Bye. When he said he was going to ask a provocative question, I <laughs> thought he was going to ask if I was wearing my lace stockings. <laughs> and for those listening, no, Reed is not wearing <laughs> lace today. He only does that on Thursdays. Yeah. Um, it was good coaching day, and to me, there there was a lot of things that you saw where the coaching came into play. Obviously, what we saw in the first period was not good enough, and I, I think it was Bob that talked about it on radio. He said that as soon as the face off, or excuse me, as soon as the whistle went at the end of the first period, McClellan was almost sprinting to the dressing room. So you knew that he was waiting in that room, and words were going to be spoken and challenging his team. The team came out with a challenge, and the other thing that you saw in the coaching in this this game. Benoit Pouliot took three dumb penalties and then sat for over 10 minutes in the second period. So that is a coach right there telling a veteran, you know what, we've seen this act before. It's unacceptable, and we're not going to see it anymore. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the only thing I can do from you. I'm going to take away some ice time. So good on the coach with that one too. And Pouliot came out, started the third strong on the forecheck, draws a, a penalty. He got hooked by Monaghan, and the Oilers scored on that power play. So hopefully we see a little more of that Pouliot as opposed to the one that uh, was was taking silly penalties. Oilers win 5-3. Hey, second straight game. We're 2 for 2 this year with the Japanese Village Goal Light. Right now you can go to the Oilers page on 630ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, South Side, North Side, and Downtown, and the Downtown one is about Three blocks from Rogers Place. It's on 104th Street. I can tell you how many steps it is because that's where I was parking all <laughs> exhibition season. So, hey, I mean, they're going to run out of appies at Japanese Village the way we're going right now. 
12 goals in two games. Not bad. Chris from Phoenix is on the line. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, great, great game. Uh, I didn't really want to call after the first game because, uh, you know, I would have pointed out the negatives, and I didn't want to do that. So, um, 19 years old, Connor McDavid is already considered arguably the, the, the best player in the world right now. Can you imagine what this kid is going to be like when he's 23 or 24? It's kind of this, fun this thinking about is, it. Oh, it's it's exciting! It's exciting! Like it's just it's just phenomenal. He he must put the fear of Lord knows what in those defenders when he starts just just turning up those uh, those skates. But uh, it was a great game. I was uh, I was impressed. Uh, it, it's very rare to hear uh, an Oilers game where uh, where the announcers are giving praise to some of the Oilers defensemen and uh, one in particular, uh, Chris Russell. He was getting a lot of praise today and. Uh, I think he had a very good game today. I think he's had a very good uh, the last couple games. Uh, I don't I don't get where uh, some of the analytics or some of the uh, the so-called experts have uh, you know had negative stuff to say about him in the past. The guy blocks shots. The guy gets the puck out. The guy's got he's pretty he's pretty quick. Um, he's he's had a great couple a couple two games. I'm I'm, I'm glad to see that. And uh, Larson, another big hit. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Uh, I think he uh, he took the run at Goudreau, which is pretty good. Uh, but uh, Common Collective out there and uh, in Clefbaum, another good game. And uh, that's all I really have. And uh, let's go in make it three in a row. Let's kick some uh, Sabres butt on Sunday. A depleted Buffalo team coming to town for sure. That's Chris from Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, good points. Uh, the Oilers' Achilles heel the last number of years has been on their back end. And they they talked about it season's end last year. Peter Shirley said we have to improve. They benefited by getting a healthy Oscar Clefbaum. They picked up Larson in a trade, and he has fit in so nicely in that first pairing. And then at the last minute, they find a Chris Russell. They, Chris Russell was a guy that I don't think was on their total radar because they, they had a Reinhardt here. They had, you know, Fane here who's still making three-point-some million. Uh, they Osterlase here. So they came and let those players play out in preseason to see what they were capable of doing. And at the end of it, they realized, you know what? Those guys aren't going to make us better. And if we want to be a team that challenges in the Western Conference, challenges for a playoff spot, we still need a little help on the back end. And they went out and got Chris Russell. And I know it's a small sample size, but he's fit in nicely. And he gives the Oilers exactly what they need, a guy that can get the puck on his stick and up quickly to the forwards that they have that were, allow them to create. So uh, Russell and the rest of the defensemen have been, have been good. And added to the fact that they're scoring goals the way they're scoring right now, this is a fun team to watch. This has been two very, very entertaining hockey games in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. Oilers win 5-3 over the Flames. Uh, James says, how many times did the Japanese goal light go on last season? I just counted it was nine. And RCN offering a dissenting opinion on the text line. He says Russell was awful tonight. Wow. I don't agree with that. I think he skates hard and he, uh, and he gets the pucks. Uh, I mean, is he an all-star defenseman? No. No, he's but an, uh, again. He's an upgrade over what they had. Exactly. And, and he makes them a better team because he's an upgrade. So I, I thought he was fine tonight. I mean, he, was, he had an assist. He was even plus minus, had three or four block shots. He just does what he does, and that's nothing flashy, but uh, fairly consistent. You know what's cool? For every Oilers goal all season, Booster Juice is going to donate $25 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, and the Oilers are helping out five goals tonight, 125 bucks, already up to $300 for the season. Travis, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, Travis. 
Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Great show. Um, I was wondering if you guys know where we're, I guess, for lack of a better word, thick and thin as far as sustaining injuries go. Like, do we have, uh, you know, 10 left wingers that we can fill holes with if we get injured? Because we're going to get injured somewhere, somehow, sometime, every team does. And where are we thick? Like, where can we stand to take, you know, one or two guys uh, get injured for, you know, a good chunk of uh, weeks, you know, six, seven, eight weeks type thing? What kind of injuries would, would cripple this team? What positions do we have well, um, that are critical? And what positions do we have where we can, you know, patch a, patch a wound real quick? Well, I don't think they're – I still don't think they're they're deep down the middle in terms of centers coming up from the farm. I mean, I mean you have Anton Lander around as a fifth center right now uh, with Drake Kajula out of the lineup. Certainly, Travis, they've already been tested on the wing with Hero Packerinen and Matt Hendricks both out – for several weeks with injuries, so Pitlick, Slepeshev getting chances to play here, and, and maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. Now, you know, wingers after that, uh, so the, sure, it's a little thinner after that. But I think this, I think even though the Oilers have a better defense than last year, I, I think they're still thin on defense. Brandon Davidson is already out, so Eric Griba plays, who was here on a PTO. Clearly, the, the, are, now the Oilers are an injury away from maybe Mark Fain or Matthew Benning or Griffin Reinhardt playing. So that's how I would answer that question. There's still not a deep organization. And when Peter Shirelli is whatever you want to call it, I hate to use the word rebuilding or fixing or whatever, he's also building up the minor league system. And I think that's why he's cut, signed some college free agents and didn't trade any draft picks this last year. So that's how I would look at that. The Oilers win 5-3 over the Calgary Flames. It's 10-25. We have Mike from Ottawa on the line. Hey, Mike. How's it going, Rob Marie? Very good, thanks. Good, good. I tell you right now, boys, I close my eyes. I look at the standings, and right now we're 2-0, and the Flames are 0-2. And I know you don't want to get too high or too low, but it was two entertaining games. I mean, David, six points in two games. And um, i got to say double L's. I want to ask you guys about double L's tonight. Uh, Letestu and Lucic, I thought Letestu had a pretty good game. Obviously, that uh, power play uh, and then his breakaway, that was amazing. He uh, scored on the uh, breakaway. And then, you know, McDavid, three points. And Lucic actually had a pretty pretty good game. He's kind of slower. You know, you watch him kind of move around. You watch McDavid kind of whizzing by him. He's so fast. But he kind of knows what to do. He's steady. And I thought by the end of the game, he played pretty good. What do you guys think? Well, it's funny. He said double L, and I'm going to the stat page. And go, who on our team is double L? Letestu uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let- Letestu was very good. Uh, uh, Letestu plays his role to a T. He's a fourth line guy that understands for him to get ice time, he's got to continue to win faceoffs, and he's got to be a good penalty killer. Tonight he has two breakaways. I I, I bet you if you ask Letestu. When the last time he had two breakaways in a game, he might be going back to midget or junior. Probably or Bonneville. I yeah. saw them. Yeah, there you go. Back to junior when he had two breakaways. Uh, he's a strong contributor. And, and he, it's for a player to be successful in a bottom six role, he's got to understand what his role is, and he's got to appreciate the fact that he gets to play that role. And Letestu does. He relishes the opportunity to do what he does, get out on the penalty kill, win face-offs. If, if there's an important face-off at the end of a period, end of a game, you usually see him out there taking it. So uh, he was very good. Lucic, this is what you're getting from Lucic. I know a lot of people are thinking he's going to be a first-line guy. Huge season. He's not. A, he's The goal scorer on that line is Everly. 
Lucic is the guy that's going to do all the little things, all the dirty things. And at the end of a game, if you got a one-goal lead, you want Lucic out on the ice because you know if that puck comes around the boards, he's getting that puck and he's getting it out of the zone. He does all the little things. He learned that in Boston. They, he's a, he played on a championship team, and the reason teams win championships is they're willing to do the ugly things. And Milan Lucic did that tonight. Tell you what, we're going to have Lucic and Latestu share tonight's fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Coming up, we have post-game reaction from Todd McClellan. The next caller is going to be our finish the play contestant. We have to break for the news. Obviously a uh, sad and big story today with the passing of former Premier Jim Prentice. The latest reaction to that in two minutes. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Oilers win 5-3 in Calgary. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. For Dennis Weidman, down the middle, long stretch pass, breakaway coming. Here's a wrist shot and a save made by Talbot. He had no idea where it was, but he's got it. And now some pushing and shoving develops after the whistle. Cam Talbot, the winning goaltender tonight, 32 stops, including 22 in the first period, the Oilers beat the Calgary Flames 5-3. Your save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim's card at armorinsurance.ca. Just saw a tweet here from NHL Public Relations. Connor McDavid is the first Oilers player with six or more points in the team's first two games of the season since Wayne Gretzky had six in 87-88. McDavid, three goals, three assists. Gretzky had one goal and five assists. We're going to go back to the phones right away. Matt is standing by to finish the play. But right now, to Calgary, here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Everything you wanted to see, some resilience, some goaltending, some special teams. Yeah, we didn't want to see much of the the first period, but when you're playing on the road with another team's home opener, you know they're going to come and come hard. I thought we were slow and uh, a little hesitant, but... um, over and above that, we were able to bend and not break, which is a good sign for our team. We were able to uh, to apply some of the things we worked on in practice, and you could see it uh, help us in the, in the game situation, both penalty kill and power play. And uh, I thought our speed and pace picked up as the as the game went on, and uh, we were more effective then. Like, um, it's one thing to have a game plan against a, a Connor McDavid, but to see his speed on the ice. Um, can you talk a little bit about his effectiveness and how? Yeah, you know what? We'll be talking about him all year and for many years to come. Um, you know, you can have a game plan, but he has a, uh, first of all, he's got all the skills and tools. He's got a, uh, a toolbox that is second to none, his mind and, and the way he sees the rink and, and the players on the ice surface. And um, he does things fast and slow. So you never, you're never really sure whether you should go or you shouldn't go. So, um, I'm glad he's on our squad, and we're happy to have him, obviously. Todd, you talked about seeing some things from the team that they were accepting, the the teaching and the coaching. Are you seeing that more this year than you did in the past, of the players really taking acceptance to your coaching? Well, we're further into it. Um, We've laid a foundation last year and made some changes. We're trying to get some players polished up, and we're trying to get others um, on board and and get them to understand how we want to play and and do things. But... um, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. We're, we're fortunate we're 2-0 right now, but we still have a lot of improvement, and that goes through the lineup. New players that are on our team, but also players that have been in our organization for uh, six, seven years now. They have areas that they need to improve on as well. Pretty common the room between the first and the second? Um, 
somewhat, I guess. Um, we have to take things up a little bit and encourage guys to get a little more engaged and and most importantly to, to get aggressive. Um, you know, we can stand around and protect the slot and just watch them uh, create a shooting gallery or we can go after them and if we make mistakes, that's fine, but let's be aggressive doing it. David seems like the kind of guy who'd rather pull away from a defender than take a dive. Was that a curious call? Yeah. Brian Elliott. <laughs> Brian Elliott was talking about he felt like he faced a lot of breakaways tonight. Is that early season bounces or is that by design? Well, you know, we scored on a couple. Um, it's interesting. The, the headaches that we had on our power play, they had a little bit on theirs uh, today where things got away on them and we got some scoring chances. So it's still early in, this, in the season for both teams. So I'm sure those, those are going to occur a little more than we'd like to. Both coaches would like to. Uh, but we also have some speed and, um, that we can use if we lay pucks out to certain areas. And, um, you know, so a bit of a plan, but more just uh, circumstances, I believe, at the, the time of the season. What did you see on the power play? Executed a couple of big goals tonight versus the Wednesday. Well, we looked at, at what we did Wednesday, and, and it wasn't all doom and gloom. Obviously, the, the shorthanded goals uh, created a real negative uh, environment around our power play. So it was, it was uh, real ugly and in a lot of people's eyes. We looked at that, we cleaned that part up and then looked at the rest of it and we had some chances. We just didn't hit the net and, and bear down. And uh, tonight we, uh, we did a few things we wanted to do on the power play. Uh, the practice yesterday helped us uh, immensely in that situation um, and it worked in our favor. 12 goals in two games, kind of what this team's going to be like, or is that just sort of a, the way things went? Um, well, I think if we play the right way, we have the ability to score goals. Um, are we going to average six a night? I don't think that's, it never works out that way. Uh, I just hope we're not using them all up at the beginning of the season, but we're, uh, you know, 12 in two games. It's the seven against that we're going to have to cut down on when it's all said and done. There's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Oilers win 5-3 tonight over the Calgary Flames. He was asked about the breakaways. The Oilers had four breakaways tonight, two by Latestu. He scored on one. McDavid had a breakaway goal. Pouliot was stopped on a breakaway. All right, we have Matt at 780-496-0063. Hey, Matt. Hey, Reed. How's it going? We're doing well. Good stuff. Um, yeah, just a couple comments and then a question for you guys maybe to answer. Um. What a game. I thought maybe a bit of sloppiness carried over into the first period from the last game, but, uh, man, those last two periods were intense. It was nice to see the defense crack down a bit. Love Russell. Uh, I thought uh, Larson and Oscar uh, shut things down quite nicely. But, uh, yeah, just a great game. Um, question for you guys. Um, I really want to see going forward some, some better prospect development in the NHL from our second, third, fourth-round picks. Why was it you think that Slepeshev didn't get cracked into the lineup tonight? Like, I know he wasn't great last game, but, I mean, he had a strong preseason, and you can't expect him to, to come out of the gate in one game sort of impressing the world, right? Like, I felt like he should have started tonight. I think a big part of it was the Oilers were so bad in the face-off dot in game one that they felt they needed a little extra help, so they put an Anton Lander in the lineup just simply in case they needed someone to take important face-offs because they were terrible in game one on the face-offs. So I think that was the main reason. I don't think it was as much what Slepeshev didn't or didn't do in game one. I think they just needed Anton Lander in the lineup just for safety valve as another centerman because the centermen struggled in game one. And, and get this, Matt. Anton Lander played 931. 431 of that was shorthanded. 
So really? pretty much half yeah. his ice time was out there killing a penalty. And he didn't have a bad game tonight at all. Like I was quite impressed. I just I'd like to see some more continuity with that development, right? Well, that's fair. And I, I referenced earlier that's another thing Shirelli is is trying to fix: better better draft picks, and then hopefully bring them into the NHL. I mean, except for the top guys, bring them into the NHL when they're 21, 22, 23, as opposed mm-hmm. to 18 or 19. Matt, you're going to finish the play with us, so I'm going to put you on hold here. If you get this right, you qualify for the grand prize draw. 1000 bucks to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire. Experience integrity. Now, it's not always going to be a goal or a no goal this year, so let's see what Kellen has cooked up. The other way, Derek England shoots off the post. The rebound. Okay, uh, so that's a chance for the Flames. After England hit mm. the post, did they wind up scoring or not scoring? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they buried that in the first period. Let's find out. The other way, Derek England shoots off the post. The rebound, backhander score. Sean Monahan and some early leg weariness cost Edmonton dearly. Well, there you go, Matt. You win, so stay on the line. Good stuff with finish the play. Changing the tables. So technically, was that a Talbot save or not a save from an Oilers perspective? And so both teams in their home openers score in the second minute of the game. The Oilers scored, what, a minute 10 in the other night? Where are mm-hmm. my notes? Yeah, they did. Well, it was a minute 22 for Calgary. And we talked about it. In, in, in keys of the game, game one, the Oilers want to ride the wave of emotion in their home opener, the fans into it, everyone into it. And game two in Calgary is kind to limit the chances, you know, stem the tide as much as you can because you knew the Calgary Flames were going to come hard, and they did. They came very hard. And the Oilers, very, very fortunate only to be down one goal after the first period, which allowed them to get back into it into the second period. So both teams in their home openers came out hard. The Oilers were able to capitalize a little bit better. Yeah, if you miss this one, the Oilers were outshot 24-12 in the first period, but then outshot Calgary 17-11 over the last two periods. Special teams key tonight, power play goals by Eberle and Dreisaitl, plus Letestu scoring shorthanded, three points each for McDavid and Dreisaitl. We have David on the line. Hey, David. Hey, gents. How are you this evening? Very good, thank you. I'm uh, I'm in Victoria. I was... uh, driving home from work so i i listened to uh jack and bob for the first period and it looked it sounded pretty grim but uh, as soon as they got home the uh, I, I thought it was pretty dominant i felt it was like uh, back to the future <laughs> I thought it was back in the 80s and uh two good teams and the oilers kicking calgary's butt and uh i couldn't be happier about it the um hey in addition to those four breakaways it it seemed like there were another half a dozen plays where there was like 60 foot D to forward passes pretty much on the tape and it's it was, I'm, I was uh, skeptical about the Halsey trade but uh, Larson comes as advertised and and it seems to me like uh, uh, who's number four? Russell. Russell. Russ Russell. I mean he he is mobile and he, he plays bigger than he is so um, and I also thought Ebb's uh, Eberle battled harder tonight so i thought he had a much better game tonight but uh your comments on that and i'll uh say good night right on thanks david well you talk about the stretch passes both teams did a lot of stretch passing tonight trying to spring guys for breakaways uh, a lot of teams when they get a, a very aggressive four check going the d-men jump up in the play they want to be involved as soon as they're the turnover most teams send a the guy right away 
and sometimes you catch defensemen sleeping and we saw it a couple times the Calgary Flames got a couple breakaways with guys sleeping on the Oilers defense and vice versa so one way to alleviate pressure very quickly is have set plays that if the puck is on your stick if you get turn the puck over down low in the offensive zone that defenseman right away is looking up ice trying to make a play and they did it a number of times both teams with a little bit of success he referenced Eberle good jamming goal there on the power play in the second period to tie it 2-2 I said to you and look I don't want to make too much of this because all teams try to do it but the San Jose Sharks and Todd was the coach there for seven years were always very good at creating a frenzy around the other team's net and the other you know the opponent whether it was the Oilers or other I mean the Sharks beat a lot of teams while Todd was there it looked like oh it's going to be cleared oh the goalie's going to cover it oh no Thornton kept Pavelski kept it alive so, you know, whoever Couture kept it alive and that power play goal by the Oilers reminded me of a goal San Jose would score against Edmonton and Leon Draisaitl that puck was past him and he reached back and threw it back into the fray. Well, one of the key reasons that San Jose was able to have the, the successful power plays and it was always a frenzy is the same reason that I believe the Oilers are going to be able to do that again this year. A, the type of power play they use, and B, the players that they have to be able to do it. If you look at the, you, the names that you just threw up from San Jose's, you threw out a Thornton, a Pavelski, a Couture, and then you want to throw a Marlowe in there. I mean, we're talking some of the best players that have played in the National Hockey League in the last decade or so. And now the Oilers implementing more or less, the same, and it, it, it's not rock and science what the Oilers do on the power play, but it's the execution of what they do. They know what their plays are, and they executed them very well tonight. And when Connor McDavid is the one leading the charge on the PP, he, I mean, he, he's a double threat out there. Because when he has the puck on the stick on the offside wing, he's able to score from that position. So as a goalie, you have to respect him. He also has got great vision. So now all four defenders on the ice all have to respect the fact that the pass might be coming through them. So now you're afraid to attack him, but you don't want to give him too much room, and then he makes you pay. And and you talked about Leon Dreisaitl. I thought he had a whale of a game tonight. What he, He's got a bunch of fantastic attributes, but the one God-given one is his size. And when you've got that size and you're cruising through the middle of the ice in the slot area, when the puck comes around you, you're able to absorb a hit and still make a play. And Leon today, able to absorb the hit, keep a play alive, which eventually turned into the Jordan Eberle goal. You're going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl when we get back, and Scott is next up on the phones. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. The Oilers are 2-0, beating the Flames 5-3. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. Just outside the circle. Hesitates, dishes down low. Now you've got Drysup coming off the goal line. Changes places with McDavid. Now McDavid slips off the goal line, taps it back to second. Walks the line, high slot. Feeds McDavid. Right side, back door. Beautiful play. Lucic to Drysaddle. And Edmonton has its first lead, 3-2. to two. And they would not relinquish that lead. Three goals in the third period, two by Leon Dreisaitl. Oilers win 5-3. Back to Calgary. Here's Leon. Obviously, our power play was was huge, huge tonight. Um, great pass by Luch. Um, one of the one of the easier goals I'm going to score, I think, uh, in my career. So uh, it's big for us. 
comment on uh, just maybe Connor and hey, what you've seen in the first couple hey. of games? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really know what to say. He's just phenomenal. He's just that good. Um, it's just makes makes something happen every single shift out of nothing where you think there's nothing going on and he just creates an absolute top A, grade A chance. So um, he's very special and, um, you know, it's, it's nice to have him on our side. You guys showed a lot of resilience. I mean, you give up 24 shots in the first period on the road, and then you come back to win 5-3. That's a, that's a mark of something maybe you guys haven't been able to do in past years. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I also think that, you know, we, we, we can't start games like that every night and just uh, just rely on our uh, resiliency and rely on our uh, second and third period. I think we, we have to come out stronger uh, in the future to, to, you know, maybe get a, get a lead, get a two-goal lead, and then... Um, you know, play from there, but um, it's it's definitely nice to come back. Is 12 goals in two games a sign of this team, or was it just sort of something that kind of happened? No, I think it's definitely a sign. Um, you know, I think we, we have a lot of firepower in front. Um, we have D that, that can transport the puck, you know, give the puck in our hands, and, um, you know, so far it's been uh, it's been pretty successful. Dry Seidel tonight also going 11-6 and six for 65% in the face-off circle. 5-3 Oilers take it. We have Scott on the line. Hey, Scott. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Awesome. Just wanted to talk about the defense a little bit. Um, I see that Clef Boom, uh, he, he was over 21 minutes. Uh, then you had Sakara over 20 minutes. Russell almost 20 minutes. Nurse at uh, a little over 18 minutes. And last year, you know, the last 40 games, you didn't see Nurse jumping up and rushing the puck. And I'm nice to see that tonight. I'm glad. uh, I hope that's an indication of his confidence coming back. Uh, Another thing I wanted to mention was uh, I was watching the New Jersey Jersey game the other night. Yesterday, yeah. yeah. And listening to Dennis Potman. And he mentioned it not just once, twice, probably three or four times, how the Devils have missed or going to miss that great young defenseman, as he put about three times. And just watching Larson, he's a very smart player. He is. Dennis Potvin is probably also biased towards defensemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he also, Dennis Potvin would know what a good defenseman yeah. is, too. And, and, and that's a nice thing for, for, for the fans here in Edmonton to hear. And wasn't it Schneider that came out, too, the goaltender for the New Jersey Devils, talked about the fact that it would be a loss losing a player of his caliber. And it's one of those trades. To, to get something that you really, really need that is good, you're going to have to give up something really, really good to get it. And I, the New Jersey Devils gave up a very good young defenseman that is turning out to be a, a, a top two defenseman and possibly top one defenseman here at Edmonton, but they needed goal scoring up front. They needed a, a, a star and they got that in Taylor Hall. So a best case scenario, five, ten years down the road, both teams can look back and say, we made deals that made our teams better. Scott, I'm glad you brought up Nurse. I don't know if you listened to Inside Sports yesterday, but he was under fire from a lot of listeners. Better game tonight, steadier game, and McClellan didn't hesitate to put he and Greiba out there in some key situations. Well, you know what? Um, I'm not, like, Potvin, isn't he uh, the uh, color guy for Florida, or is he with New Jersey? He used oh, to be. Oh, sorry, with, he's for, uh, he he's, was Florida. He's yep. for Florida, yeah. 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 I thought so too. So I'm like, for him to kind of like, you know, put that uh, 
Larson that wasn't being biased at all. I don't think. Anyways, I mean, I, of course he's, he's a defenseman. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I meant that he, you know, he he probably pays more attention. But no, I was I was joking around for sure. That's an interesting no, well, comment. I'm, yeah, and, you know, with Dennis Bodvan, I mean, like I'm going to listen to what he says about a defenseman for sure. I mean, he's, you know, greatest one of the greatest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. You're right, Scott. Thanks anyway, for calling, man. Thanks for the call. All right, that's Scott, 780-496-0063. So the Edmonton Oilers survive a shaky first period. They survive three minor penalties by Benoit Pouliot, and they are 2-0 and for the first time in six years, 5-3 over the Flames tonight. Greg is up next on the phone lines. We have more post-game reaction coming as well from Mark Letestu, who gets credit for the game winner tonight. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Lease or finance a 2016 Toyota from 0% and get the added security of free job loss credit protection during the Toyota Clearout event. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Threw it over to McDavid. Dishes in front, bouncing puck, shot, save made by Elliott. Rebound, score! Jordan Eberle pouncing on a loose puck in front with Elliott down and out. He ties the game. Power play goal. One of two power play goals by the Oilers tonight. They go on to beat the Calgary Flames 5-3. McDavid finishes with a goal and two assists. Leon Dreisaitl with two goals and an assist tonight. Milan Lucic. First two points as an Edmonton Oiler, he had two assists. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. It's 11.05. We have Greg on the line. Greg, thank you for calling. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, I just want to say, Larson looks like a stud. Like People don't realize, I've been to uh, a lot of games this year, well, uh, preseason and regular season, the first one anyway, um, and he is a stud. He's physical. He, he's in position. He, he looks great. Um, the other thing I want to say is McDavid can't seriously keep up this this pace. Like, th- there's no way. Um, is he that good that, that he's going to keep this pace up? Well, no, like, of course, and, of course not. But he'll have big nights like this, though. And, and not only that, I do like this. Uh, I do like the size in the lineup now. Um, Tal- Talbot looked a little bit shaky tonight uh, in the first period, but then he got his game back and and. You know the size that they have in line. They're not getting pushed off the pucks. They they got some checking. They they got good forechecking. Like this this is a totally different team. So yes, they beat Calgary. Uh, when the real tests come against the high end teams, that's where we're going to know where the Oilers at. Oh, for sure. Fair you know fair point. We don't know where these teams are going to wind up. They can't control the schedule, so you got to beat who you're playing. I just want to ask you this about Talbot though, Greg. If Cam Talbot faced 24 shots in a game and allowed two goals, would you say he was shaky? Uh, okay, let me rephrase that. Um, the the first five minutes of the first period, he looked a little bit shaky, and then he got his marbles, and and the team started playing a lot different. Like he was better positionally, and and like after those like the first goal, and and a couple of rebounds, like he did put his game together. And then 24 shots. Usually teams don't get 24 shots in a game. So 24 shots in a period um, was kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say about that, but it, I don't see that happening on a, on a game-in, game-out basis with them. I think they'll, they'll limit that. They're, they're, they're getting the continuity with the defense pairings, and I think those shots against 
are going to go down and they're going to be a better team. Thanks, Greg. Uh, fair points. You know, th- th- we don't know if this Calgary team is a good team, a poor team, a playoff team. But if the Edmonton Oilers want to compete for a division title, they got to beat the teams in their division. And this was a great start to the season, beating the Calgary Flames twice, putting themselves four points removed from them. So uh, a, a good start. And can McDavid do this the whole year? Uh, no, I mean, I don't see him scoring, you know, 240 points in the year. <laughs> but what he's going to do is he's going to create chances every game. And he his, his ability to to push himself away from anyone chasing him, the, the ability to create breakaway chances, the opportunities he's going to give his teammates, those are going to be there game in, game out. It's just a matter of how many are capitalized on. But I think we are just seeing the, the tip of the iceberg of what you're going to get from Connor McDavid and why for so many years so many people have been saying the next one is coming. Well, Edmonton now is starting to see what the next one looks like. Shorty from Mexico texting in. He says, I only caught the third period. How was Yessi Puglio Yarvi tonight? Well, I don't know if he played in the third period. He only played seven minutes and 26 seconds. We'll see what they do with this player. They could send him to the minors. If they do it before 10 games, you could save a year on his entry-level contract. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that was a debate point before the season. Should he be here? Could there be another right winger who could take his spot? Uh, he, he didn't have a strong preseason. Um if everybody was healthy, if a Hendricks, a Pacaran, and Kajula were all healthy, we probably wouldn't see him right now. He'd probably be starting the season in the minors, which was probably the place that he needed to be. Injuries have allowed him to start up here. There has been snippets of what to expect from him in the future. And the one thing that we've seen from him is his shot, how quick it is and how hard it is. And I think that's a shot that eventually is going to score a lot of goal for the Oil- goals for the Oilers. Uh, right now he looks like an 18-year-old still trying to find his way. So there's going to be good nights, there's going to be quiet nights, and there's going to be nights where he doesn't get a lot of attention or a lot of ice time. Uh, but I think yeah, if this was a healthy Edmonton Oilers team, you probably would see him playing 20 minutes down in the minors instead. Uh, the Don text is in. He says, too much risk of in- injury to have McDavid on the penalty kill. I cringe every time he gets in the way of a shot. I mean, a lot of, a lot of top guys kill penalties. Well, I mean, all the top players in the world do. And it, what you're doing is creating another scoring chance. There's a fear factor. I tell you, if you're on the power play and you see that McDavid is out there, they, you're a little apprehensive. You you may change the play that you're going to make because you know that, yeah, I'm going to pass it. Oh, maybe I won't pass it now because Connor's that way, so I'm going to go the opposite direction. Uh, Connor McDavid is a smart player. I don't see him putting himself in a position to get hurt. And... Well, I mean, but here's the thing. The play last year was on the penalty kill. So that doesn't matter. That was, a, that, was, that was a scoring play. That wasn't a penalty killing play. So that has no relevance in him penalty killing when he got hurt last year because that was a goal scoring play. All right. The Oilers win 5-3 over the Calgary Flames. Mark Letestu had a big goal. You'll hear from him when we get back. We're in the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers are 2-0. The Calgary Flames are 0-2. The final verdict in Calgary tonight, 5-3 in favor of the Oilers. Mark Letestu had the game winner shorthanded. 
All right, Mark, uh, just the difference between the first period and the second and third periods, you know, did you guys have to read the right act in here? How did you guys kind of handle that? Because there was noticeable difference in the way you played after that. Yeah, it was, uh, we, we just weren't fast to start. We weren't hard on pucks. Uh, you know, they outworked us for the first 20. Uh, and we knew it in here, but we talked about it. We knew we had to have a better effort in the second, and, and fortunately the guys pulled it together and finished the, the last 40 uh, real strong. But uh, without Cam, there's no opportunity to win that hockey game. And I think 24 shots in the first period, that's that's a night's worth of work. So uh, he was solid early and gave us a chance to win. Just your goal. Take us through your goal, if you don't mind, because it, it ended up being the game winner. It was a shorty, you know, just what kind of happened? It seemed like they didn't. It was a bit of a breakdown on their part. Yeah, the cue for us is bubble pucks and stuff, so I was just trying to pressure it, uh, and I didn't see he had very many outs, so I just tried to take away the one that I thought he'd go to, and he kind of gave it to me. I was able to you know, carry my speed into a breakaway. Uh, I didn't realize it hit the post and came off and went in. Uh, I had seen the red light come on. I was pretty excited, so uh, I'll take it. 2-0 uh, to start the year against your provincial rival. Just how satisfying is that, and just how good do you feel about this team early? Yeah, I like that we, we built on things. You know, uh, came out slow, but we're able to identify it and, and get the group going. So uh, that, that's a, certainly a positive. I thought our special teams took a step. Uh, so there's a lot of things we talked about after game one that, that was better in game two. Uh, and certainly, you know, an eight-point swing with these guys uh, early in the years, just as important as late in the year. So uh, hopefully it's a confidence builder and we can kind of ride this wave into some, uh, some more wins. All right, so there's Mark Letestu gets the goal tonight, plays 13 and a half minutes, uh, had a rough night, a rougher night than usual in the face-off dot, goes 39%, but he did work pretty hard on the penalty kill. The Oilers special teams good tonight, two for four on the power play, five for five with a shorthanded goal on the penalty kill. Okay, so the Oilers are now back home. On Sunday, they'll face the Buffalo Sabres. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. The face-off show will be at 3.30. The game will start at 5. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Our studio producer has been Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You can get more on the Oilers by going to 630ched.com. Overtime Open Line is presented by the Canadian Brewhouse. We are situated in the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. The final, Oilers 5, Flames 3. Have a great weekend.